we should read our Bibles as men digging for buried treasure. When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of peoples according to the number of the sons of God. In those days, and for some time after, giant Nephilites lived on the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. Take no part in the fruitless deeds of darkness, but yet expose them. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Life's a garden, man. You gotta dig it. Hello fellow treasure hunters, welcome to the excavation site, I'm Justin, alongside me we got Ben, Stephen, and Chad, we'll be your guides on this excursion, hope you brought your shovel and your compass, cause we got the map, let's dig. What's going on all my local guys and gals and long distance pals, we're back. Drunk over there. I can't, I can't, I can't not laugh at that every time. I'm sorry. Now it's, I just look at him and I point I know. and I wink. Yeah. It's a I know it makes coming. it worse. It makes it worse. <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't do it. It's been a while. It's been a while. I missed you guys. Well, I missed Ben. You missed me. Me, me and Stephen got to hang out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I didn't get to go. I tell you what, I'm sad. You will not want to miss another one of those. That was. I'm hooked. I think I'll go next time. Holy for sure. cow! It'll change your, it'll change your outlook on a bunch of things. I learned more this weekend than I've learned in a long time, as far as, um, uh, you know, other than my own studies. Like just unbelievable, unbelievable. Well, tell them where we went. Well, we went to a. Sp- spiritual warfare conference up in jeffersonville indiana which was um hosted by um hear the watchman hear the watchman and uh some phenomenal speakers um we we kind of had well personally i should say for me personally i hadn't heard of a lot of the people uh, prior to this besides Derek gilbert and la marzulli was supposed to be there and then la had something come up where he couldn't make it. So they had to kind of move and reposition some people around. But um, we were still really excited because we had just done that episode with Derek. So we definitely wanted to go have a chance to meet him in person and uh, maybe have him sign a book or two, which he he did. And uh, got, got to find a whole bunch of new people in this space that had so much knowledge and in different areas of this the, the, the kind of things that we don't hear in church but the kind of things that are in that that uh, divine world council point of view and and it really it just helps solidify everything that we've been looking into and what i thought was just so awesome was you know like derek said in his uh, episode with us you know deep inside that six-year-old body is that six-year-old kid you know hey mom guess what hey hey mom guess what when he <laughs> yeah. finds something out and, you know and that's how we are looking through scripture and finding these things and it was for me it was great just being in a crowd of people of hey guess what mm-hmm. you know you get to feed off each other you know i try to talk and share my nuggets you know with with people in the world and they're like oh yeah that's cool <laughs> 
So it, it was really nice to be in a group of people where who were interested. Yeah, you share your nuggets, yeah. and their eyes light up, and they're like, "Oh my God, really? Well, guess this is what yeah, I this, found." Yeah. It was it yeah. was awesome to have that around because people and. On top of that, we have, you know, our dig shirts on and, and, and dig, uh, he's got his dig a hat on and we go in there and people, oh, oh, what's that? Oh, oh no, oh. tell me about when we first walked in, when we first walked in. With Kenny? Yeah. Well, we walk in and, and, and Kenny, a guy that had joined our group and yeah. apparently what he'd said and you, you the play rock that. kenny c yeah. yeah no the rock with kenny c yeah the rock with kenny so he c. says uh he says walks over and says to us he goes hey uh well at first you remember we walked in and I, and I leaned over to you and i was like that guy over there he looks just like this guy that signed up on oh, our community <laughs> page i was like i, I think it's the rock or the can he see the rockers it's you know i said god he looks just like him i was like but i'm not sure I, i'm not gonna go over there yeah i mean what would be the odds right well yeah because he you know, just Facebook joined page, just a few days you know, know prior well so, so he walks over to to uh justin here and goes hey are you are you guys uh, uh like fans of the dig i mean you get your dig gear on and justin's like no we're the we're the ones that record it it's like whoa man that's awesome and it was so cool like somebody knew who, yeah, somebody knew who we were it was right. but he he was just super super nice guy oh yeah um, kenny was cool right away and then the next day when you walked in you had that other one on that kissing cousins uh don't make 30 footers and uh on the back of his had that hoodie, that right, hoodie. yeah and uh, Kenny got to come and get a picture of it behind him. He's like, man, I saw that. I started busting up right away. He's like, I, gotta He's get like, a picture I don't of care that. how much it costs. I want one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was pretty funny. Yeah. But, I mean, throughout the whole weekend, though, I mean, we sat. I mean, anybody you walked up to would look at your shirt or, or, or would look at one of the business cards or stickers that Justin right. already shoved into their hand and. Oh yeah. And, hey, and hey, excuse me, sir. Here. <laughs> yeah. I'm like and Derek Gilbert. Like, I'm a pit bull on crack. <laughs> <laughs> He's, but he, they said, you know, and they come up and say, man, what, you know, what are you guys into? What do you talk about? All this kind of stuff. Oh, that'd be awesome. And honestly, just since that, I've seen so many familiar names of the people that we talked to, of the people that were there, the the speakers. Well, we got forty or fifty new members on our Facebook page just from that, going to that conference alone. Yeah. Wow. So, and uh, man, some of the people though, like uh, David Paxton was awesome. Love that guy. He's funny as could be, but as passionate as can be about, about the word of God and everything that he brought to the table. And what was crazy about that was, uh, it was, uh, they had a lunch in and, uh, Stephen and Liz had got tickets and then Liz, uh, uh, decided to hang out with Becca and go walk around there. And uh, Liz is like, well, just you go with him. I was like, all right, cool. I had to have a – my date definitely took a, a turn sideways when I had to take this ugly guy with me instead oh, of her. That hurt. But <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we walk in, they got all these tables set up, right? And uh, they told us that a speaker would be at every table. So, you know, we didn't know, you know, who was going where. You know, we just – we got in there kind of late. But uh, by the time we sit down, there was only two t- – two chairs left right and we sit down at this table and there's this guy at the end of the table he's sitting there on his computer and stuff and i'd seen him 
but you know i didn't he hadn't spoke yet or anything like that i didn't know if he was part of the recording crew or, or what honestly right just some guy on his computer yeah and he, yeah and we sit down and all the speakers come out and sit down at the tables and stuff and then i look over and derek and sharon is at the table next to us and you know i mean i love derek and i was like oh man that stinks and uh we just sitting there you know and uh steven ended up striking up a conversation with this older lady beside of him and she started asking about his t-shirt and stuff and he gave her a business card and sticker and uh meanwhile this guy at the end of the table he's still just messing on his computer and then finally he looks up and he's like hey guys what's going on you know i'm, you know, I'm david paxton kind of talks to us and we just strike up this conversation and uh it, it was a god thing i mean it was I actually called him Bill Paxton the first time. <laughs> and he goes, isn't he, isn't he dead? I'm like, yeah, but he had some good movies. I mean, come on, Tombstone. He's like, yeah, you're right. But it, it worked out great, man. We had a really great conversation, and we exchanged uh, emails and contact information and told him about the show, and he told us a little, little bit about a, a book that he had coming up and uh just great conversation. Go, tell them about some of the conversations and stuff we had. Because I missed some of it because I, I smoke. So after I ate, I went outside to smoke, and I actually got to hang out with... Uh, oh, Mike? Was it Mike? Oh, was it Mike? Mike. Mike. Yeah. No. Yeah. Is Mike some... Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't think of the name, name. offhand Forgive me, either. Mike. But um, went outside, and he smoked. So me and him struck up a conversation while uh, Stephen and David got to know each other and... We talked a bit about um, just real, just he was real nice asking about the show, asking about a bunch of things. But he um, started talking uh, about his book uh, and uh, let us even read uh, a rough draft of one of the chapters of the book so we can kind of get a taste of it. Really nice. And then we got into talking about what his ultimately he ended up being the speaker for the lunch and we didn't know that at, at first yeah, i had no idea but we started talking to him um um uh, and justin was there for most of that part but we started talking to him about the uh kind of what he ended up going into and it was all about the legalistic side of the bible and kind of looking at it from a, a contractual um point of view talking about our contracts with god um, our contracts, you know, with our sin, you know, with, with the devil, things of this nature where... And even the law. Even the law, yes. I was and, like, man, I'd love to have you for our law episode. <laughs> oh, he would have been great, but oh, it's, yeah. but it, he just showed through the legalistic view why we have certain contracts in our lives, why certain contracts that we still hold, such as our sin and uh, contracts we have with the devil, because the devil kind of has, you know, counterclaimed us a little bit, you know, from God with our sin and he was talking about, and I think that's a point actually that Tom Dunn had brought up, but kind of worked there too. But he was talking to us a bit about how, um, you know, if you go through all the different contractual, uh, uh, there's eight different parts of a contract. But one of them was you can't go in with any false pretense. And he talked about how the Satan, it, he lied. He tricked Adam and Eve right in the garden. And that was that right there, the contract he made with them was what's the benefit you'll be like gods right right and we're not and we're not You're right only thing that we told us that was true is we'd know the difference between right and wrong but we we were not like god so we we entered in that contract of sin with the devil as um kind of a it was a false it was a 
False pretense. False pretense on the on the on that contract. So really, that contract's null and void. But we always struggle with the sin. We always struggle with that side of it. So and he it's, said the contracts too. I like how he said it has to be like kinds. Oh yeah. He said a contract has to be between a human and a human. You know, it can't be an angel and a human, uh, yeah, or a, a, a heavenly being. You know, a spirit being and a human. And he said that's why it was so important that God had to come in the flesh as Jesus Christ to, to make the new contract. To make the flesh, the flesh contract. Yes. yes. That's pretty. This dude's that's a different. Yeah. This, I mean, this dude's good. It, it. It, it really will shift your paradigm. Right. That was really good. I really liked listening to him. He was really on point and. Uh, and like I said, he, it, like Justin said, it, it totally makes you think of things in a different light. And but it 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 all makes sense. It all makes sense. I mean, that was that was that was a really good. Yeah, I'm really excited session. to have David on. He, yes. he said he would come on and talk to us more in depth about about his book mm-hmm. and stuff. That would so. be. Oh, he's great. Cool. And we can. And you he's can, funny. Yeah. He's a funny guy. He, he's a New Yorker. His website was thehiddenday.com, so you can learn a little more about David Paxton. And uh, his book will be coming out, and I'm not sure exactly when. He said it was November was originally the release date, but he says he just keeps having things pop up, so hopefully soon. But you can pre-order. You can pre-order it at supportthehiddenday.com, and just in the comments put that it's for the book. I think the book he said was $20, um, but that'll help him uh, get things rolling and get things done a little sooner. And uh, I haven't done it yet, but I plan on doing it this week. So um, just a little shout-out for him because – like I said, that information, that stuff is it's it it is truly paradigm altering when you really look at it and look at it from that point of view. I think that's just it's important to support those people that are in our in our space that are really doing something to change people's lives. So yeah. And then of course, you know, when we got there, you know, when we first got there, you know, Kenny kind of come up to us and talked to us, and you know, and uh, then of course, you know, we made a beeline straight to Derek and Sharon's table. <laughs> And uh, I brought my uh, copy of my favorite book of his, uh, Last Clash of the Titans. Uh, had him sign it for me. And then I also brought uh, Giants, Gods, and Dragons because him and his wife co-authored that one, had both of them right. sign that one. But, yeah, it was really cool, man. It's uh, If anybody so could have it. it's worth a, more, right? Oh, of course. Right? Selling it. I'm holding it. Forever. Forever. But, no, he was so cool. I mean, honestly, it was like – meeting up with an old friend yeah you know we walked up and somebody was talking to him when we first walked up and they had uh through the black uh david dunn's or sorry tom, tom dunn's table over there which tom wasn't over there but some of his you know associates were over there and we were just kind of you know just looking around at the shirts and stickers and stuff waiting for uh this right. other guy that was talking to derek to leave and i happened to just look over my shoulder and derek looked over and saw us he grinned from ear to ear and, and kind of winked at us, you know, right. like, hey, I see you. And after that guy left, he was like, hey, Justin, what's going on? And we That's just walked cool. over, got to talking, and then we talked forever. And finally, you know, we started seeing some people kind of pile up behind us. And Stephen had right. to yank me back to reality. Come on, yeah. let's go, Justin. <laughs> I know you're old friends, but, no, it's it was really cool. It's just – I think those conferences, especially when you talk about some of these people that we really look up, we, you know, and I, we've talked about this before. We've had, we have some, orig- some original ideas. We have some different viewpoints and things that we all bring to the table. But I think, you know, it's important to understand that 
you know, I can't read Hebrew I'm, and I can't right. read Greek. And, 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 and I mean, he'll, Derek will tell you he can't either. And he stands on people like Michael Heiser, but we stand on the shoulders of these people. And all we're doing is trying to spread the information and then trying to help um, take it to the next level. If we can take our research and things that we do and add it to what's already there that, you know, we can just help further that for, for everybody. And I think it's important that we always, it's just so cool to see those people that you're sitting there like, ah, I've referenced that guy 50 times. Like, that's really cool. Right. And, you know, and it, it gives, it's surreal. You talk about them like on the podcast and we interviewed them. Mm -hmm. Then you got to meet them face to face. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's like, man, I just, you know, over the internet talked to you mm -hmm. and he was wherever he was. Yeah, I don't remember where, but. He's in uh, Missouri, I think, right? Isn't it Missouri? Yeah. Ozarks. Ozarks. He's in the Ozarks. Yeah, I, think it's, I think it's Missouri. It's just, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just wild, you know, to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, but we got to talk to all the speakers, you know. Uh, you know, David Hevner was there, you know, David, David Hevner TV, you know, Tom Dunn from Through the Black, Derek and Sharon Gilbert, uh, Dr. Mike Spaulding. Uh, he spoke, uh, but it was virtual. Mm hmm. Uh, Vicki Joy as. Anderson, uh, she was uh, also with Through the Black. She's the co-host. Uh, Tracy Tennant. Uh, Sandra Allison was virtual, too. Yes. And then David Paxton, those were all the speakers. But, yeah, there was two virtual. So we got to, to meet everybody, but those two. Uh, we talked briefly to, to, to Tom Tom was really busy. Mm -hmm. When we first got there, he was sitting at a table with his computer and had all kinds of people around him. I, I you know, I, I, I assume I was looking for the word to say. I assume it was like parts of his crew, and he they were still getting his slides yeah, and stuff together. together. Yeah. So we didn't want to really well, bother him. That and the rest of the time he was there, they were taking people back into private rooms of the place and doing praying over them and doing deliverance stuff with people. Yeah. It was pretty Man. intense. And that guy, Tom, I mean. What can you say about Tom? Tom, if you look at Tom, you he be, looks like a heavy metal rocker. He does, one hundred and ten percent. Wow! And he um, gets up there, and the guy's on fire. I mean, the guy is full on fire, and he—it's funny. And some of the stuff that stuck with me the most with him is, he'd always say, "Is you know, the, they for some reason when you get to know how to do some of these deliverance type things or or truly exercise different things." that he said that as soon as you know how to do it, that God puts people in your path that you have to help. And he goes, do I want to be there when someone's demon possessed? He's like, no, I'd right. rather not. But because I know right. how to help, yeah. God puts you, puts them in your path. And I thought that was really an interesting way. So the more that we learn and the more that we pull from all the stuff that we're doing, all the research, God's going to put people in our path for us to help as we go along. God's going to put people there that, that only we can reach and we have to make sure that we have our eyes open, that we're looking for that. So when God presents us an opportunity, we can step out and help those people. And I think that's, I, I mean, he, don't get me wrong. I have, a, I have like five pages of notes from just watching Tom Dunn, but like from that, that right there was one of the most profound things to me because it spoke to me in the way that we all have a calling that way, that when that we're going to have things that pop out, that we're going to have those people that, that God puts in our path that we have to help. And it was just, and it might not always be what you want to do, but most, it's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, most of the time it ain't what you want to do. No, it isn't. And I love how he talked about, you know, he kept referencing, 
you know, the Bible and, and Jesus and stuff like that. He said Jesus was casting out demons. He, you know, give the authority and power to uh, the disciples. He, he, yeah, and they yeah. were doing it. He said, you know, we are called to do this. He said, but nowadays, you know, the church just washes their hands of it. Right. And they've lost their supernatural yeah. worldview. He said, no, we're supposed to be doing this. It, it, this is a real thing. Yeah. I mean, and that's exactly what Jesus told them. Yeah. Now it's your turn, you know, and, and like he said, uh, you know, he was just one person at, and go out and spread it to everybody. But it was very informative because me, I mean, I was kind of ignorant of it. You know, right. I just thought, you know, oh, demon possession is, you know, like the exorcism of Emily Rose when they're, you know, crawling on yeah, the walls, talking right. in strange tongues and, you know, all this crazy horror film type stuff. But there's so much more to it. Yes. Yeah. He was talking, you know, and I'm just kind of going off the top of the dome here, but he was like, you know, he said, a lot of, he said, the question I always get is, uh, can a born again Christian be possessed? And he says, no. He said, because possessed you're possessed the by the Holy Spirit, so therefore nothing evil can preside, you know, where right, holiness right. is. He says, but you can be oppressed. You can have um, strongholds. Strongholds. Uh, you can uh, be piggybacked. You can have uh, Atta items. Attachments. Uh, yeah, like items that uh, are possessed in your possession. And these things, they might not, you know, possess you, but they can torment and attack torment you. Torment, you, yeah. You're going to be attacked. I oh, mean, the whole point well, of this is you're going to be attacked. And the more and the closer it, yeah. we get, Satan's not worried about the people who are, are already— Front walking that, his direction. That are already yeah. walking his direction. He's worried about the people that are getting closer to God. That's right. He doesn't want you to help anybody else be saved. So we're the ones—and and those people, and Christians in general, and then the people who, as they get more and more on fire, are going to be attacked all the time. I can attest firsthand. Yeah. Been spiritually attacked since starting this podcast. Oh, well, I mean— Personal relationships we, yeah. with friends, you know, uh, my home life, you know what I mean? It's— we all are getting attacked, and Satan knows our weaknesses. And that's one of the other things. I think he's one of the ones that said that, that he said, you know, I'm not sure if it was him or if it was Vicki Tennant. We'll talk about her in a the bit. The fire extinguisher? But no, the one oh. where he said, you know, you think you're, you think you're smart, you think you see things coming, but Satan's been around for thousands of years. He's had some oh, practice. Yeah. They're, they're way smarter than us. Oh, yeah, for sure. The, you know, demons, Satan, fallen angels, all that, that whole realm, they're smarter than us. So we have to hold true to God for us to be able to, uh, to be able to overcome those right. things. You can't overcome those things on your own. You just can't. And one thing he talked about too that I'd never really thought of, like in a spiritual warfare type lens, he talked about uh, how is it worded? It was uh, blood bloodline curses. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, you know, like, you know. And I always spoke this curse, you know, basically I was speaking a curse over myself and my family did too. You know, my, you know, my daddy died when I was eight months old. You know, he was heavy into drugs and alcohol, you know, and he spoke a curse over himself. I mean, I remember my mom telling me all the time he used to always, you know, just, just drink like a fish and do all these drugs and stuff. And everybody tell him, you know, hey, you better slow down. You better slow down. And he'd always tell him. I ain't going to live past 30 anyway. And right. he kept saying that, and he didn't. Right. He spoke it over himself. You know, it says... You Almost know, willed it. Yeah, yeah, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Right. You know? And 
so like growing up you know like anytime i'd get in trouble or you know do something bad you know my grandfather or me we'd always kind of joke and you know be like wow well he's from bad seed you know it was kind of like a generational curse type thing he was talking about that you know exactly what he's talking about yeah and he said so and the thing is too is you don't know your great-great-grandfather might have been you know a freemason practicing these you know demonic stuff or jack the ripper you know or you know my you know your great 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 aunt might have been a witch that stuff follows you and he and he went through the bible talking about it you know how uh the you know it's in scripture it says that it follows to like the fourth generation the sins of the father wash over the child and also the blessings do also because he he mentioned solomon you know he said david was you know a righteous man after god's own heart you know solomon turned wicked built all these temples to these other gods and stuff and then and it even said through a, a prophet god told you know solomon through a prophet you know that yeah you're wicked that basically you know i, I should destroy you and wipe you out but because for the of, sake of your yeah, father because of your father i'll spare you yeah and that i mean that's well, that I mean, says a I lot mean, about how we should behave for our right. kids and yeah. how we should act for our kids i mean as well. that could fall under genetics even you well know. think about this and this is something that we talked about a bunch of times and 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 i've We've, and maybe not so much on this, but, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about power in the name and power in the name. And I, I have to refute that so much because the power doesn't come from that. Power comes from the blood. Right. The blood of Jesus is what saved us. When we talk about these generational curses and things like that, what did the, what did the um, fallen angels try to um, destroy in Genesis 6? They tried to corrupt the bloodline. Right. What they did, they, they created abominations. It's always been about the blood. So when you think about those things, the blood of your forefathers runs through your veins. It just does. Oh, yeah. There ain't no way around and that whole it. power in the name thing, you know what I mean? It's, I hate to compare it to this, but it's the only thing that I can. It's kind of like witchcraft because it's like in witchcraft, you have to say a certain incantation. Yeah. You have to say the spell just right, pronunciate the words just right, or it won't work. So it's like... You know, everybody keeps, you know, not everybody, but some people I see, you know, online and stuff talking about, you know, the power in the name. Oh, there's only one name that's above all names, you know, and all this stuff. And it's like, you're putting the creator of the universe in a very small little genie Box. lamp. Yeah. And if I don't say it just right, he can't hear me. He can't me. come out or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you go back to even the ancient Israelite, you know, culture, the whole reason why was it jacob that wrestled with god and then he asked him his name you know it was kind of like back then if you had the name of the deity it's like you had power or control over it you know and, and those people they like to throw up all these verses you know the name the name the name and in revelation it says i can't remember the chapter and verse but I, it plainly says that you know in front of the great throne you know, these people will say, didn't I prophesy oh, yeah, in, your, in name. your name? Right. Didn't I cast out demons in your name? Did I not do great works and deeds in your name? And then the father looks at him and says, depart from me, workers of iniquity. I never knew you. The name didn't save them. So right. therefore, there's no power in the name. I don't care how you pronounce it. So the way, another way you could look at it, too, is just say, 
like I know we talk about the lowercase g gods or whatever, but that's more because they portrayed themselves as gods. They were angels. So when you say God, there is only one God. Right. So God yeah. knows you're talking yeah. about God. And also think about was it um I'm trying to th- well, anyway, when when and I can't remember what was it Moses that said, uh, when I say who sent me, who should I say? And he said, I am sent you. It just I am me. I mean, right. that's it. Right. God is it. When you talk to God, you talk to I am, you talk to whatever. It, God knows your heart. He knows who you're speaking to. The same way that we talk about when we're saved and we look in the book of life, God knows that you're saved because you believe in something. Not because you knew his name or not, not because, because you, you said a little a little incantation yeah, or said what the preacher told you yeah. to say or like uh, Doug at church was saying, you know, you know, some of these Christian songs, you know, Lord, please come save me. Well, he said the song and it, and in the song it said it 20 times. So I got Uncle Bobby saved because I seen him singing it. That's not how it works. No, not in a matter of the yeah. heart. That's yeah, why you had to write the new covenant yeah. on right. their hearts. Right. That's right. God knows your heart. In the end, he will always know your heart. And that's where ultimately you're saved is because of your belief, not because of anything else. Right. Not yeah. because you said, a, you know, like we said, a verse or, you know, yeah. what the preacher told you to so, say. So, you know, Tom Dunn, you know, his uh, presentation, it was really enlightening for me, you know, and give me a mm-hmm. whole new look into that. Like I said, you know, I didn't know about all these different, you know, paths i guess you could say but uh that was the first day he was the last speaker of the first he day was. but then uh, the oh, first hold on. one hold on the first one really stood out we to gotta me. say tom tom dunn website if you want to look into this a little more oh, through yes. the black.com and and it's it, what did what did he say and i love the way he said it oh yeah it is a safe way to look at the dark side of things yes because you don't ex- you don't want to expose yourself to those things on your own but oh, he said yeah. it's a safe way it. to look at and understand what we're fighting against. Know your enemy. Yeah. Know your enemy. And he also said, remember this, too, is another one of the quotes he had that I loved was, remember that sin opens the door for that, but prayer closes that door. So every time, you know, we sin or we, we do something, we transgress, however you want to say it, a window or a door is open into our, our, our heart, our mind, and then that gives Satan or, or one of these other demons a foothold right. to get in there. So it's prayer is so important because that's how we close that. That's how we keep our temple as pure as possible, as righteous as possible. Right. And that's so important. And, and that is that is perfectly true because I found it in my own life, you know, doing certain things, looking at certain things. But if I start reading the Bible more and being more focused on how you're acting right. and behaving you're living it's, it's a godly like, lifestyle it's like it almost van them thoughts or you know temptations almost go away and let until you go well i've been good or whatever and son you're right back at where you started when you let it let it back in so but i spoke i spoke to tom briefly once or twice and uh I also, I don't know if I even told you, but I went back to the table when I bought that shirt. I I got a shirt that's pretty cool. Uh, It said uh, anti-woke, and it had the the Romans quote, you know, be not of this world. But uh, I spoke to the woman about, you know, if he'd done, you know, uh, 
guest appearances and stuff like that. And she gave me a, a business card with the email and stuff. So I'll be reaching out to Tom pretty soon. Hopefully we can have him on the show and tell us about some of his experiences and spooky stories. Was he the rocker? Yes, he yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, he looked like he was uh, like a bass player for Five Finger Death Punch. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's, he is a good dude. He had, he had a... I liked his insights on a lot of this stuff because it's it's once again we don't view sin in that way. We view sin, oh, we did something wrong. It we we don't look at it as giving a foothold to the devil, giving right. a foothold to to letting other bad things in, other other evil thoughts, either evil deeds, things like this, where we have to close that door. And it just made a lot of sense to me. And that, go that. Oh, I was just going to go because uh, I don't want to miss the or skip over the the first speaker mm-hmm. of that day was uh tracy tenant and you can find her stuff at uh, tracy com. and uh, what else she at she's at the freedom fighters org. okay was the um the, the, the organization that she works for and she was a uh a former um mormon right mm-hmm. yeah, mormon. yeah she escaped mormonism and, with uh, her ten kids. With her ten kids, yeah. Or was it eight or ten? ten. Yeah, it was ten. And uh, she was really cool. Uh, and she was talking about kind of like on a, almost like on a psychological level, and was talking about how you don't even realize, but like traumatic events that happen in your life, you suppress them, and how they come back later. And those two are also strongholds for you know demons and the devil to torment you with and she was very open and vulnerable i really applaud her for telling the story that she told but she was talking about for instance um you know she said we got all these kids you know she said we had a big old minivan she said when we go everywhere you know it was like the you know the brady bunch right. you got them in there a roll bus. call right everybody had this you know they'd she call out the names and the kids here present you know to make right. sure anytime they left anywhere they didn't forget somebody yeah and she said one day they went to toys r us and said, of course, you know, 10 kids running around Toys R Us, That'd you know. That'd be a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> so she said, uh, she went and told them all, you know, it's time to go. And uh, her husband pulled the van around. She said, and they all piled in, you know. She said, and once we got in there, she said, we did the roll call. Started calling everybody's name. She said, after each, you know, name, we heard, here, here, here. She said, so we had 10 here's. She said, so we took off down the road. She said, about a half hour drive, we made it to a uh, our next destination, B- the BYU campus, because they had like a little. Uh, sounds like, like a Home Alone story. It, it, it is yeah. like that, but they were going to some right place there for like some activity center or something. They she said, and she said, and they got out of the car, and, and as they was getting out, she was doing the head count again. Right, and she got through there, and there was nine. She said, so I didn't know maybe one was laying down on the seat or the floorboard. You never right. know. She said, so I was looking in there. She said, and I can't remember the young boy's name. She said, but such and such was missing. Yeah, she said. I was like, "Oh my God, maybe I miscounted." She turned around and counted again. There was nine. She said, "Oh my God, he's missing." And then she's like, "But he said here. He said here." And then one of the little brothers said, "Oh, I said here for him." <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Immediately, you know, it probably was Home Alone. Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. How about some butt whoopings? Oh. So she said they turned whoopings. around and hauled back. You know, down the road, man. And, you know, it was half an hour, so it was oh, you yeah. know an hour total. Right. And they get there, and well, she I said, and it was the most scared. pitiful thing ever. She yeah. said that kid was like five, six years old. She said, and I pulled up. She said, and there he is. She said, just sitting uh, outside the building, leaning against the 
the wall. She said, just scared to death. She I said, guarantee it. She said, I pulled up. She said, he saw us, and he just come running, tears of joy. Boy, and, and that could have went bad. Like, he could have wandered, went oh, looking yeah. for Kidnapped him, or anything. Lost. Yeah. But she said, you know, after it was over with, you know, years down the road, but we'd yeah. tell that story and laugh, and it was a big joke. She said, and, and some things happened with her, her son, and he ended up having to go to therapy. And I think she said through, like, hypnosis or something, she said, but he ended up coming out in therapy. That that was, that was uh, a major a, fear of his was being was of being alone, alone being being forgotten Man. and left alone. That would, poof. But those uh, what to that point though, what he's saying is that we have there's there's things that people have that uh, that you know they could have had a traumatic experience in their life and it could have been something way worse than getting left at the grocery store. So it could have been some kind of abuse, could have been some kind of. Um, uh, you know, all sorts of awful things that happen to to either kids or even young adults, things that happen that they suppress. And she says that you get uh, like the dissociative amnesia that occurs with that trauma where where you literally you're it's like a defense mechanism where you block out that that actually happened. But the problem is it's still there. It's still there. And that still is it torments you whether or not you remember that that's exactly right. what happened. So. When she went in and she did a whole exercise that she does with people with us, and it was, it was, it was really interesting. And I ain't gonna lie, you know, at first I was like, man, this is kind of out there, but I was, you know, but something in me just was like, you know, what if, what, you know, what if that's a demon, <laughs> you know, or something, you right. know, trying to put a spirit of doubt in you. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do this with an open mind, and it was kind of like, you know, yoga meditation esque, but. It was all in the name of Jesus. Right. And it was pretty cool. Me and Stephen both had some some little visions and feelings. Yeah, it was it was unique. It was weird. And, kind of and, tell and, them about it. Well, what like she went through, she called it a conception exercise. So, but she starts, and she said some of these things, and I this, this kind of blew me away, and I, I have to do more research into this because it's something and I've it was never to, heard and of. And the purpose of it was to find that, Find whatever traumatic event you had in your life. I don't know if I'd want to do that. It is, well, it, you find it to heal it, you know. But the I way mean, that she there's said there's a it, lot of stuff in the military I don't remember. The one, she said that the one, the one she had a, uh, and this is no joke. She said she had a, um, a guy that was coming to her that wanted that thought he thought he, he was wanted homosexual. to be a, he no he thought he wanted to be a female. Oh, okay, he thought he wanted to be a female. And he just kept saying, I just, I really want to be a girl. I, I've had that my whole life, all these different things. And she went through this conception exercise. And it's really interesting because she goes through not only, and this is, like I said, this to me is something that I, take it or leave it. You have to, literally, it is it is a very unique exercise. I have to look into this more and research this more. But she started literally while you're in the womb. She talked about the first month, second month, third month. And it was pretty cool because she said, you know, first she prayed, you know, in the name of Jesus, yes. you know, to have Jesus reveal these things to you, you know. And uh, she told you, you know, to close your eyes, she said, and imagine Jesus standing in front of you with your with his palms open, you know, mm -hmm. like welcoming you. And she said, and... You know, if you can't see it, she said, just, you know, imagine, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, meditation type exercise. And honestly, man, it was weird for me. I, I closed my eyes and I was just trying to, you know, conceptualize it in my mind. And it was like I seen 
a light of almost like a cross, but it was you know a, a body with it, with its hands out. And the only way I can describe it is like you know if you stare at a light for a long time, right. and you close your eyes, you can still kind of see it when you right. close your eyes. That's what it kind of looked like. And I was like, whoa. And I was sitting there looking at it, and honestly, I told Rebecca and Stephen both, I said, you know, like when you see people go under hypnosis or maybe even a seizure or something like that, how the eyes like flutter or like when their eyes are closed, how you you can see them kind of rapidly moving side to side or or moving in there. That's kind of like what it was when I had my eyes closed. And when I saw that, it's like my eyelids kept twitching up and down, up and down, like it was just right like a picture take you know like a camera taking a million pictures at once it was right. very weird and but then she went through and she was like you know i i bless you in your first month of conception you know you you've you're you know basically the size of a bean she goes through your yeah. development the whole time but when she got to the she said she was talking to that guy and got to his third month and he goes wow and he he broke down and said that he can hear his parents and, or no, it was all the ladies at her that because she was a pastor's wife and she had had five boys or something, and she really wanted a girl. So she, the he said he could hear all of the always saying all of them. No, the all the women were praying right. around here, praying for a girl. All and he could, and always. he heard that is what she's saying. That his third month right. heard that, and went back and later confirmed that that was true with his parents. Right. So something that happened in the third month of conception. Um, in the third month of conception, was right. able to 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 be able to go back to that point in time and say that this is when that moment happened. Even the at that confusion. point in conception, the confusion started, and whether or not you were a, he wanted to be a, a boy or a girl, a girl to please his parents. Right. And I do I. It was like imprinted on him. It was kinda. imprinted on him to some way. Because it said in the third month that your ears are developed and you can actually hear. Because it talks about you know parents. Uh, listening to the soothing music and all right, those things, yeah. and the babies react, and stuff, yeah, because yeah. they can't hear. And and you can say, oh, they made it up or whatever, but it's like, how did he know that? You know, how did he know that? Then went and talked to his mom, and, and they confirmed it. She confirmed it because she only had boys at that right. time, so they really wanted a girl, and they were pr- the congregation was praying over her that she would get the girl. That man, that's wild. So I don't know. I, when I went through the whole thing, I, like I said, take it or leave it. Um, if if it's it's interesting exercise, it it um, does it work? I don't. That's I mean that's pretty. I mean it's pretty interesting evidence that 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 guy was able to confirm with his parents that they had actually. That's he found that out with his mom. Right. That they actually had in their third month had prayed for him to be a girl, and he found that prior to her telling him through this exercise. I don't know. I mean, that's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty. It's interesting. I don't like. I said I have a. It's things beyond my. Well, did you see knowledge. anything? So it was weird. I'll be honest. When I first started hearing it, because she's praying for uh, for Jesus to to be with you and to clear everything else uh, to to. Um, uh, kind of let him see those bonds or let you see those bonds on you and those things that potentially could be um, those moments of trauma or whatnot. When my eyes were closed, it was weird because uh, it, it, when she started praying those things, I kept seeing black shadows come over my eyes. And I, once again, 
could a cloud have passed over? Probably not this fast, but it would go over and would go back and forth over my eyes like a black shadow. And then all of a sudden it turned to a try. And it's, like I said, I, I struggle with this. I don't, it's things beyond my comprehension if this is really, really truly happening. But I saw like a, 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 a triangle that was, it was pulsing blue. And it was, it would slowly get, and it, I could watch it pulse and it would slowly get brighter and slowly get brighter and slowly get brighter. And all of a sudden at the very end, it just went, it's like it exploded and it was all just as bright white as I, I couldn't even barely look at it. It was so bright white. And that's about when we opened our eyes with at the end of everything. But I don't know what that means. I asked her about the colors and things like that. And she didn't really know what exactly what to tell right. me, but, um, but I, she, I mean, is a blue costume. A lot right? of times, but a lot of, I mean, maybe, <laughs> but a lot of times I know colors can be associated with right, certain things certain and different things, but I, yeah. I really don't know. But I think that um, it was a very interesting exercise. If anything, it made you kind of focus on um, maybe different aspects of your life and, and really think, you know, where is the trauma? Where, where are those demons that are attacking you? Where are you letting them have that stronghold? Where is that connection because we all have something we all have scars oh yeah and and god has forgiven those but satan lets us keeps reminding us of them right and mine was pretty pretty weird to also like i told you you know the whole eye flutter thing and stuff but i didn't really feel anything at all until i can't remember if it was the third or fourth month but she would, you know, say, you know, I bless you on this month, you know, and all this stuff. Right. And then she'd have like a pause, you know, and then after like a minute or so, then she'd, you know, give, you know, she'd tell you like, you know, this month your your ears are fully developed, this, that, or the other. And I remember uh, whatever month that was, it was third, fourth month or whatever, I was blank. But like out of nowhere, I got like this sensation of just joy and happiness and excitement and i mean i could even feel my my heart rate in, increasing and i was like you know this is strange you know uh did i have a heart attack in the womb you know or, or something like that or and and then uh she said uh this and this month uh your your sex organs have developed and now through ultrasound uh, they can tell this, what sex right. you are and right. all this stuff. And then it hit me because, you know, my dad, he died when I was eight months old. And I got two older sisters. And all my mom always told me all he ever wanted was a boy. And he said he wasn't going to stop, you know, procreating until he right. got one. But like I told you, you know, he was, he was wild. He was a construction worker and, and partied all the time and, mom said that he'd be out of town working when he'd come home friday with his paycheck he wouldn't even come home he'd go out bar hopping and partying with all his friends and he'd come home sunday night hung over and hard up no money left right and once uh she got pregnant and they found out it was a boy mom said he was just so excited and he was like you know i'm gonna straighten up you know i want to see this boy live and this is what i've always prayed for and wanted i'm gonna straighten up and uh, so I, it's like almost like I felt his excitement, but 
inevitably, you know, it's uh, it's hard for a tiger to change its stripes. You know, he right. he went yeah. right back to it and he died. But I didn't realize this till like maybe after we done got home and I got to thinking about it and, and maybe my scar was uh, was resentment and like anger toward my old man and almost like a like a rejection like uh like i wasn't good enough uh i always asked myself i was like you always wanted a boy you finally got it but you chose your drugs and alcohol over me and it was uh i don't know it was just like a like a light bulb moment like it was like no you were enough you know he was just he was sick and he had his own demons right so it was kind of like a almost like a a reassurance from god you know like you know it ain't your fault it wasn't that you weren't enough it was just it was him so i mean that that was pretty cool but i you know i didn't figure that out till after i got home right it didn't click yeah but that i mean listen like i just said anything that that if anything that that exercise did it's to give you some peace in certain in certain ways, you know, where you find that maybe that scar's there, maybe that wound, that trauma is there, and that's something that we all need to face at some point. We all have those things. I'm just, I am trauma. <laughs> I'm just a giant trauma. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Tracy was really cool. Um, talked to her afterwards and gave really her a nice. business card and asked her if she'd be right. willing to come on the show she was actually really excited she's like oh yes i'd love to and she, she's already emailed me since we got back so huh. that'll be in the works that would be curious to see what popped up in my head it would yeah, be, it'll be your turn it, it will be your turn <laughs> that might be a little scary i'm i it would like i said it's just one of those things it's i just don't know it it, it was it was unique it was a little bit out there but it's but it you know and think about it like that's just like our once again us laying back on our filters our preconceived notions yeah right i mean so think about it if if we're willing to accept anybody divine counsel nephilim giants right but not praying for jesus or god to to show us these things? No, I I hear you. I mean, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm just yeah. you know, for other no, people it, listening. It, 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 people you're can right. look at it kind of like, oh, you're kind of dabbing in a little. But uh, it, but, but if it, you do it in the proper way, well, in the name of Jesus, I mean yeah. that's what she keeps saying. Right. You know, there's no stones, no incantations. Right. She's right. just praying. She's just yeah, and she's praying for you to to be able to find that scar. And it's interesting, you know, you think about it and it's one of those things, if you go back, like we, and, and it's what Tom Dunn was said a lot too, was in the, if you look at Acts, you know, and them casting out demons and you casting out those things and people look at that now and, and it's either a, a horror movie, right. you know, if you talk about that or it's something that is, you know, extremely frowned upon where that doesn't either, that doesn't really happen oh, ha- yeah. or somebody's just acting out. Right. They're like, just trying to. They just show. can change their voice really well to sound really gargly and sound like they're from the I inner mean, pits of hell. I mean, I mean you know, it's crazy even with Hollywood too. What you still see them being called out in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You still see them uh, being affected by Scripture and, and and the cross. You know, so I mean, 
even Hollywood, you know, in their horror films, whether there's they like it or not, the there's a bibl- yeah. biblical foundation. Uh, in all, in all, in all, though, she was extremely interesting. I think she has an amazing story to tell, especially about escaping Mormonism and then how she got into this. It's altogether is just a definitely worth digging into. Yes, it is. It is. is pun intended. Pun, yeah. But it was really good. I, I did. I really did like listen to her, and she was exceptionally nice to talk to. Um, just it was. It was really. It was really good. And that was the end of the first night. Then we went back to that. Uh, uh, Airbnb that that Liz found. Mm-hmm. Man, that thing was cool. Tell them about that. That was it was like a like an older townhouse, and it was kind of cool how it set up. We were right. It was like eighteen hundred style. I mean, it, it was it, it was, was really old. cool. But the way and the, well, no the way it was set out. No, <laughs> we had candles and and old lanterns. We were out there Man. with those hand crank generators <laughs> to get some electricity, so we had enough light we, to we, read. We got a hamster cooked, wheel. Yeah, cook dinner. Becca, had to run faster. <laughs> but it was it was kind of cool. It was kind of a, a just it was a little two bedroom thing with a bathroom, but it was a cool setup. The little living room where, where we kind of sat down and talked about everything that had happened that day, and kind of went back and forth with it um, because you know both of our wives were there with us uh, during the conference for everything except for the lunch um, that we went to. We ended up uh, not being able to make a couple of things, but um, as a whole. Like I said, it was it was it was nice to be able to go back. Everybody kind of relax, you know, get your sweatpants on and sit down and just kind of delve over you all the information. I do wear sweatpants. They're comfortable. I had my and one basketball shorts and my. It was uh, too cold. Black t-shirt. <laughs> it was too cold. Too cold. Man from Michigan, too cold. Anyway, anyway. The but next morning, we jumped around up, a little bit because uh, we jumped around just a little bit. But, yeah, the next day, that was uh, Sandra Allison, Vicki Joy Anderson, and Mike Spaulding, right? Well, Derek Gilbert was the first one at 9. Yeah, 9 a.m., yes. Mm-hmm. So we started with Derek. We got there. You, we walk around again. You can talk to everybody in the morning. They all have their stuff out, kind of like in the vendor area. You can – Everybody is super nice. Like I said, it was just you could sit down and talk to anybody as well as any of the people that were there at the conference. They all just wanted to talk. A lot of people either see the shirt or, or something that you have. Oh, what is your what is your podcast about? And because a lot of people there had them. So they'd be like, oh, it'd be great. It was just it was really cool. But um, really, the as far as as far as we were concerned, uh, no offense to anybody else, uh, because we didn't really know who they were. But but uh, Derek Gilbert, you know, was one of the main people we went to talk yeah, to Derek to and LA but LA backed out on and us. LA backed out on us and eventually we'll we'll get to talk to LA at some point we'll, oh yeah we'll make it we're, we'll keep pushing eventually eventually uh we'll get him on here but um with Derek Gilbert and it was really cool because we got to it was it was kind of funny because Justin said the same thing to me afterwards because uh, I'm sitting there next to Liz, and I keep going. Yep, this is building up to this. This is building up to this. And I'd say what the next thing was, and and then you said Becca said the same thing to you. Is like, oh yeah. She's like, did you, did we even have to be here? Did why, you know all this already? Yeah. I was like, he was just on the show. He went over a lot of the right. same stuff. The uh, and that, I wonder honestly. I mean, were we a warm up? Uh, yeah, <laughs> if, if, if we warmed him up for it, or if I, if he had spoke on that before, or maybe had his stuff together for this conference and just kind of bled through on our show. 
but the whole hey mom guess what yeah. he used that and he used the yeah I, I was ho- so hoping he would reference our our, uh, our show because he went into there's uh nuggets of gold oh yeah in scripture you know and we just have to dig and find them and i'm like that would come be, on that would have been cool if he plugged it <laughs> that would be cool but he i mean his stuff was great so you know the whole thing was a spiritual warfare conference so the, the focus was um you know uh, how to fight these demons um how to rid yourself how to how to protect yourself against them yeah. and derek um, really dove into uh, but, who the principalities are yes. and where demons come from yes. that would be cool i and wish, it, i really wish i would have went it was really really good and he I went i mean and he done the whole through the valley of the shadow of death right, the, yeah. mount Hermon, bashan and stuff the Bethsaida, um, as far as uh, Bashan, when when Jesus was uh, getting baptized, like looking across the Jordan, to what what, what they, in the Bible? What does it say? It says uh, Bethany. Yeah, Bethany. But that was missing. It was most likely misinterpreted as what Bethsaida from Bethsaida. Which, but even the geography, because it said east east of, of the, Jordan. the Jordan, and the place where everybody thinks John was baptizing was west of the jordan so even the geography according right. to scripture is not right and it's right into the the uh, plains of bashan which is yeah, where all those doman fields are yep and that's why even it says you know it said you know in that psalm it said you know yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of right. death i will fear no evil and david wrote that and it showed the main road that cut through from egypt all the way through israel the main road the trade route Right. That you know David and his armies marched several times. Oh, goes yeah. right through yeah. Bashan. So he said, you know, and this is what he was talking about. And he says, and you prepare a table for me in the presence of thine enemies. And he showed pictures of those dolmens. And those dolmens, they look like huge tables. Right. Via Maris. That was the name of that road, the, the Roman yeah. road that went through there, the Via Maris. Yeah, that would be creepy. Walking you know, walking down through there. Yeah, because all the necromancing rituals and stuff yeah. they did with the Rephaim yeah. and stuff, I mean, it was synonymous at the people at that time that that was, you know, synonymous with the underworld of, you know, death. And yeah. But, yeah, Derek was awesome. He nailed it out of the park. And then who was after him? Was that uh, Sandra? I think we had Sandra Allison after him. And she was virtual. Oh, and Derek, I know we had all his information. He, you can find him at a million different spots. But oh, yeah. look to our last episode. Um, yeah, GilbertHouseFellowship.com, SkywatchTV.com. He's got apps that were for the um, View to the Bunker is yeah. one of them, and then it's the Gilbert House Fellowship. Fellowship. I think the app is I think called it's Org. I, I think. think it's the app is is GHTV is yeah. Gilbert House Television. So look look that up as well. But he's got so many resources so many interesting things um i know we went extensively into all those different resources on the show we had with yeah. him but but look back into it because it's it's really good and sandra allison she was uh kind of on the same page with tracy Tennant. it was uh uh the whole spiritual uh warfare and uh meditation and uh Hers was more like on a Ph.D. psychology level because yeah. even Rebecca, you know, she went to school and got her major in psychology, and she was talking about, you know, you could you could totally tell that she had her degree in, in psychology. Like clinical because, psychology. Yeah, all the terminology, and she was talking about, you know, rape victims, you know, when they're raped at a young age, 
or even if they're raped several times at different ages, uh, they revert back to the youngest. The first time. time. Yeah. Right. And they, and that persona or whatever holds on to that memory and that way the person living doesn't remember it anymore. So she'll do stuff with them to, to bring out that inner child and release that trauma and, and free that person and stuff like that. But it's all, it's, it's basically psychology and Christianity kind of combined. Yeah. yeah. She, it was called a Splanka. It was this Splanka therapy where you, you, and it's a, it's, you have to look it up. It's S P L A N K N A. And it's something I'd never heard of before. Um, very, uh, very unique, very interesting. Um, but go ahead, look into that. It deals a lot with like uh, meridian system uh, systems and, and the um, kind of some of the energy fields and stuff. It sounds and she even prefaced this sounds a lot like New Age stuff. She prefaced, prefaced that. She said that. Um, but we're looking, you know, it's it's you have to make sure if you do any of these types of things that you research make sure it's a christian person that's helping you through this type of therapy and things of that nature because otherwise you know if you it's the same with anything if you go you and be. you can go to a a bad church with a with a pastor that has ill intent and you can get fed the wrong way as well right. so you have to know what you're what you're in for is of god so and then after she spoke uh we had dinner break or i guess i think it was lunch well, yeah well no because oh yeah, because that's when we had the lunch in, mm-hmm. and that's when we met, you know, David Paxton. We yep. done talked about that. Then when we uh, came back, it was another virtual with uh, Dr. Mike Spaulding. But I'm sorry, Mr. Spaulding, but our UT Vols. <laughs> go Big Orange. Uh, yeah, go Big Orange. And if you don't know, we beat Alabama. <laughs> okay. But uh, so we went to uh, this little uh, bar and grill and had a bite to eat and uh, watched the game. Uh, well, we watched the first, you know, maybe quarter of it, and then it was time for uh, Vicky Joy, and we didn't want to miss that because you know, you know, we've had my wife on another episode, and she's talked about her uh, night terrors and and sleep paralysis, you know, issues and stuff like that, and that was Vicky Joy's uh, uh, whole. Uh, expertise i guess would say she wrote a book uh called they only come out at night and it was all about sleep paralysis and how demons and stuff like that you know attack you in your sleep and how and it was all you know surrounded uh that subject and she wrote that book so you know we were definitely interested in that and you know my wife she wanted to try to get some tools to maybe help with, with her stuff she's dealing with and and actually rebecca you know, when we was having those exhibitors and stuff and going down and having the meet and greets while me and him was talking to Kenny and uh, Derek and stuff, she kind of took off to the corner with Vicky and talked to her the whole time. She got a lot of cool information from her, so we came back for that. Yeah, it, that was – she was um, she was awesome. I mean, she, she blew me away, like, the information. It's stuff that – I mean, I guess – Partly, if you've never dealt with like something like sleep paralysis or some of those other, you know, people talk about, and, and this is, I know to some people it sounds like ghost stories, but, and I know somebody listening to this has had this happen to them because I've known too many people that have told me the same story, but they'll be laying at home in bed at night and all of a sudden there's a shadow in their room 
and they see this shadow and the shadow moves toward them or holds them down and they can't scream they can't move it's they strangle them or they just feel like they just can't they can't speak they can't do anything and this stuff happens to a lot of people um, a lot more people than are willing to say even one of the other ladies I was at the conference we were, oh, we were yeah. sitting there I was talking to her and she started I had um, no idea she had what, no idea that Vicky that was, Joy what, like, was yeah. and she he started telling her about it and, and she goes oh my gosh I've been looking for someone to talk to about that because that happens to me and I'm like and she even said boom. she said I've never told anybody she said but I feel comfortable here. Yeah. She said, and since you brought it up, she said, I know I'm not crazy. <laughs> right. No, it's true. I mean, this, it, this is stuff that, that, um, well, I mean, it's, it ain't to the whole thing about me in bed, but like I told y'all before, Oh yeah. Over in Iraq. I mean, it's yeah. creepy. Oh yeah. I mean, I didn't like see nothing. It's just sometimes darker. I don't almost, think but people always see something. Sometimes I think yeah, they just feel the oppression. Yeah. It's like a feeling of being, Elder, yeah, restrained. I, I restrained would probably be a better it's word. Another type of demonic attack. I mean, which I see you brought your notepad with you. Talk about some of her, you know, her nuggets what, in there. She so, had some really good ones. So one of especially the things, like the uh, the Last Supper, uh, Leonardo da Vinci painting. Oh yeah, there's something in there that I I would I, I would probably if I was a betting man I'd probably bet fifty dollars to your penny that you never noticed this. I, yeah, I, I bet you that too. Uh, but I'll, I'm gonna jump into a couple things. You jump in when you feel that you got your your nuggets. Show me your nuggets. But the, one of the first things that she's talking about, um, if we go back, and I, I found this kind of interesting, but she was talking about Asclepius, and that was the serpent god of healing. And um, I, I I think of this was really funny because it's things that we don't even really notice. But it, look at the side of an ambulance, right? You see that kind of asterisk-looking star, and you see that that staff with, with the, the snake, snake wrapped around it. Well, it's two snakes, that's where yeah. it, that's where it comes from, and it's called the staff of Asclepius. And that we still hold to that today. And one of the really interesting things, and this is this one is the one that I think probably. Did you take notes on the? Uh, hold on, hold Hippocratic on. Oath? That's exactly okay. what I'm I, talking I was, about. I was going through my images. Uh, I got it somewhere. I, I actually took, I actually looked it back up today because. Okay, here, I got it, yeah. Here, so the original Hippocratic Oath. Now, these are what these doctors are reciting well, this to is, protect you. They've modified it but a little bit now, but originally this is what it come from. This is the Hippocratic Oath. A lot of people attribute it to Hippocrates, but most scholars don't believe that he actually wrote it. But, um, it says, I swear by Apollo the physician and Asclepius and Helgia and Panacea and all the gods and goddesses as my witness that according to my ability and my judgment, I will keep this oath in this contract to hold him who taught me this art equally dear to me as my parents to be a partner in life with him and fulfill his needs when required. So we go through it. There's a whole bunch of different things that say, but it talks. One of the parts that I thought was the most interesting is it says, I will reverence my master who taught me the art. I mean, that's kind of creepy. It is extremely creepy. And but swearing and, by these and other gods. Old gods. Yeah. Gods and, and goddesses. And then they name four of them right there. Right. To go back. Contract. Contract. See, you know, I always guess C. Yeah, contract. 
Dave I mean, Paxton you know. be so proud of you right now. He doesn't even know you'd be proud even, of you. I didn't even. <laughs> he didn't even study. I didn't even study. But I thought that was, that just, that was like, I had never heard of that, like the original that had been modified. But when you look at that, I find that just. That's kind of, that's really and that's creepy. It was originally written in Greek. I mean, that's what it yeah. comes from, was right. Greek. And then it, it has been changed a little bit yeah. which um, i got some screenshots of uh what she led up with mm-hmm. like the little definitions and stuff so like uh one of her first slides it says what is sleep paralysis and it says in parentheses the experts what the experts have to say it says medical news today a terrifying sleep disorder experienced since the dawn of humankind very healthy says it's uh, sleep paralysis is one of the most common sleeping conditions out there it can be tim what's that word tim i've never saw that word t-e-m-f-y-i-n-g tempting either way and it can sometimes make people imagine that they're being trapped in their beds by some invisible force when all it is in reality is the body going through its natural process and firing neurons off at random in order to relieve tension before the body falls asleep? And then also sleepfoundation.org says sleep paralysis is a temporary inability to move that occurs not after falling asleep or waking up. Individuals remain aware during episodes which frequently involve troubling hallucinations and sensations of suffocation. The New Agers say that sleep paralysis is the perfect time to try astral projection. While your body is anchored and unmoving, it's relatively easy to separate your astral body from the physical body. In fact, it's ideal situation. During astral projection, you want your spirit or soul to get up out of bed while your physical body stays put. This isn't easy, but sleep paralysis affords you the perfect opportunity. What was that? Heroin, no, no, think about this. We that's glorify like that this. Movie. That's what, Doctor Strange. Well, no, they glorify oh, this yeah, in that, where right. he pulls himself out of well, his that body. Kid, yeah. That kid, uh, the movie, what is it now? It's, they made three or four of them, but that's what the whole movie was about, that he would, uh, Insidious. Yeah, Remember, yeah, he would was, sleep, was, and his soul would leave his body and go to this upside-down dimension or world and he would roam free and do all this stuff, then his spirit or soul would come back to his body. And in the movie, he gets stuck in that upside down, and then this medium has to go and retrieve him and bring him back home. I mean, that's what the whole movie's was about. Was that Insidious, or was yeah. that... Uh, oh, what, uh, I'm thinking of a different movie. I can't think of the word. But, I mean, you even think about, okay, now if your spirit's out of your body... Looking enter your body, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's where I was like, well, I, if you look at look back and we you talk about the we talked a lot before about like Babel and, and or some of these other gigantic temples that they built so they could mingle with the gods. You know, they would have a right. sacrifice or something, and then that person's soul leaves their body. They're trying to have one of the gods, you know, use that body as a vessel. So it. it there's a lot of things with that, but the astral projection stuff was is really deep and, and actually what's really disturbing and 
I remember hearing about this, and I didn't even know what it was, but I remember hearing about this, I think it was last year with Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers, talking about the um, having banned substances and what they're not allowed to have or, or allowed to have right. as athletes. And he was allowed, as an NFL player, to uh, smoke ayahuasca. And ayahuasca is a substance, and it's pretty trippy, and, and she – uh, Vicky uh, Joy Anderson kind of brought that in, started talking about how people use that as a way to um, separate themselves, basically, you know, in a way that we use, not we, I'm saying people use um, different types of drugs. You know, you go on these hallucinogenic trips or, you know, find your spirit animal or your right. spirit guide and all these crazy things. But it it gets people high as a kite and then and most of the time and most of the time it's not like it's she said especially in the beginning when they do it it's not a pleasant experience it's usually something very dark very evil and she says Terrifying. as you as you get oh, to the strong. point where you can control yeah. it more it gets slowly better and better to the point where you're Forget going to these other levels. It's it's intense. It's uh, scary. Reaching enlightenment and you know, yeah. wisdom. Oh, yeah. But yeah. this stuff, this stuff is a lot of celebrities are doing this. This is oh, this yeah. is a big deal right now. This ayahuasca stuff's a big deal right now. This is, I mean, I remember that being on ESPN. They kept talking, debating whether or not that was Aaron Rodgers. Should he have? Should he use it? Or use it or not? And if and that's just some. That's one guy. And you know right. how many more are probably oh, yeah. doing those things. I mean, so like at what Scientology. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just we, you know, no. I just, it's just to me, it just blows me away. And then uh, she even went into the the differences between you know when people say they're abducted by UFOs versus sleep paralysis and, and bringing in the the kind of the common denom or uh, the sorry, characteristics the char of each. Yeah, the characteristics of each and and how how. They both are demonic in some form or another. So Just, yeah, different costumes. Yes, exactly. They think they're being abducted, but it's really well, well just the demons the presenting themselves kind of as, as as something different or whatever. And it and usually you're usually you're being um, it's it, there's some differences in the two obviously, but the you know you're always they're always coming to take you or always coming to grab you or drag you away or do something to you, do some kind of experiment to you or something like this. And it's, 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 and if the devil can put these ideas in your head that there are aliens that are going to attack you or, or, or abduct you, or you put these things in your head that, Oh, if I can. And actually that's one of the other things is that a lot of these people that smoke this ayahuasca says that, when they get to a certain point, it says that they feel like gods when they're high on this stuff. They get to a plane where they say they feel like they're the gods. And so they always crave this. It's just like the Garden of Eden all over again, right? right. Eat that apple or whatever fruit that was from that tree, and you will be like God. And that's what people have always been striving for, and that's why they try to always conjure up these things like— well, it, It's just in drugs and everything. Well, it is, but yeah. you, you're trying to find that, but it's, people— have been trying to find that throughout history. And that's why it's, it's so easy for Satan, those demons to reach out and grab you is because people always want power. People always want that forbidden knowledge, the next step. And it's something that, that there's certain things that, first of all, when we talk about some things that, it, you know, when we talked about Enoch before, there's certain knowledge people were not meant to have. And, and some of those angels came down and they gave knowledge in exchange for those 
um, the, the, for human women that they right. that they lusted after. I mean, there's and worship and there's yeah, things yeah. that and well, and for their yeah, but there's certain things that we were not meant to have. And I and, like how she said too. She said, you know, it says in Enoch, you know, that uh, they thought they knew all these great and wise things, but little did they know that God said oh, they yes. only had the worthless ones. And she said, so look at it this way. She said, would you go to counseling and for wisdom to uh, a high school dropout she said that's what these fallen angels are she said they're high school dropouts she said they quit before they even got all their education done she said so you think they got all the wisdom she said and furthermore she said they want the power so whatever they are giving you that you don't have you're only getting a taste of what they even know which ain't that much to begin with she said don't get your wisdom from high school dropouts yeah yeah, that it. Oh man, she blew. There's so many different little sections in here. All these no. I took so many notes of her uh, on this stuff. It just was amazing to me. But um, when she started talking about the different covenants, and this is what you had alluded to earlier with the Last Supper, but um, prior to that, she started talking about the threshold covenants, right? Yeah. And you always heard those old stories, you know. Uh, uh, or even carrying your wife over the threshold. Or, threshold, or even look back to like uh, old lore, like the 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 Dr- Dracula or whatever, the vampire couldn't come into your house unless you invited him across the threshold, you know, of your house. However, back in history, the way that, in the way that she described it, it made a lot of sense, is the threshold was these large... Um, it started out as like a large earthen where they'd have their, their stove, their oven, their fire. And that was your threshold. What do they call it? A hearth hearth stone or hearth hearthstone. Yeah. So that's where this, that, that hearth is where you would have, um, that's where you, you know, you went to get warm. That's where you got your food. That's where you worshiped. That was considered your, that was considered your altar to some degree. That's where everybody got around to worship God, whatever it was. Um, all the different things that was your hearth. So when you let somebody to your hearth, that was, that was the center of your house, right? That was, that was the, and over time, and this, she showed great slides of this, yeah, it moved in but inward. over slides, it went smaller, right? And all of a sudden, okay, now we have a, a big fireplace. Okay. It's still there. You know, maybe we're not cooking on it because now we have a stove and then it goes to this little fireplace and then all of a sudden you look and it's one of these fake ones with a, a right. and a TV stand and a TV is the God. Now yeah. the altar. And that's it. And that's our altar. Now we've changed that to the point where this is where we communed with God to now we're sitting on the couch watching uh, little house on the prairie or uh, who knows, but we're it's, we've totally changed our focus. We used to come together at the threshold at the altar to, to that's where we met to worship God with our family, with our, with our friends and it's gotten to the point now where we've let that go in our houses and we're so easy to go, well, I went to church on Sunday. I did my part where really we should be in God's word every day, which is what they would have done in the past, you know, but it would have been at the threshold in the house. And, it, it, you know, and to the point now where the threshold now has even come out to the door. It, there's just she had some great. And the threshold covenant, too. You know, she talked about, you know, how. You know, vampires got to be invited in, you know, uh, to let these demons and stuff in. You got to open a door. You got to invite right. them in. Yeah. You know, and it went on and yeah, it said give that, them permission. that even Jesus, you know, is a, 
you know. Well, yeah, same thing. And God, he's to, spiritual. Right. Yeah, and she used, you know, Revelation 3.20, and it showed that painting of him standing in front of the door knocking. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him, and I will sup with him, and he with me. So she's saying it's kind of like rules of engagement for spiritual beings with earthly, fleshly beings that we have to invite, invite them, them in. in. And you think about our, 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 our altar now really is the Holy Spirit lives in us. It's in our spirit. Right. It's the same way. God's knocking on our heart and wants to come in and our soul really. Right. But our hearth. Our heart, exactly. Our inner, our most inner. Right. It, and that's exactly, I, I mean, that's what it turns into. So. And then we learned about salt. Salt, the covenants. salt and bread covenants. Yeah. Is, and you ever heard the old saying, you know, oh, uh, take this with a grain of salt or he's not worth his weight in salt. Right. That's where that all come from. But they would make agreements, contracts, covenants with salt. And, uh. What I thought was just like mind blowing. She was talking about that, and she was like, "You know, you ever heard that phrase or this or that?" And you know, and she's like, "That's because it all originated from these covenants and agreements, you know, with, with salt." And she said, "Now I want to show you something." She said, "Probably gonna blow your mind." And she pulled up the the Last Supper, you know, and I think that was Leonardo da Vinci. And it sounds right. And it was zoomed in. Yeah. And uh, if you've ever noticed, but Judas at the table has his elbow on the table and he's leaning over like he's trying to you know listen in to whatever Jesus right. is trying to say he put a little uh, easter egg in that painting uh he he's knocked over a salt container and the salt spilled the salt on the table. spilled on the table wow he broke, he the, broke salt the salt covenant and it said that when Jesus you know took the the bread and, you know, was dipping it, you know, and, right. and giving it, stuff like that, that uh, it was real common back then. She, she called it like a, a fish sauce or, or something a, like that, some a, kind of It was a fish salty, sauce, but it was real salty. Real salty, you know, something they would dip bread in for, for flavor and taste. And she said, you know, it's uh, probably a good possibility that, you know, that was there and that was like a, a salt covenant, you know, being performed well she called it salt and bread covenants because you bread break covenant. bread with someone right. it's also like that's it's kind of like the old blood 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 brothers thing you know right. you, you're you're spitting your hand and you, you know it's you make a, a vow a covenant with those people and and it, it it's the same thing right there you broke bread with them that that's that covenant you're making right. with them and that's then the you know what and then and then judas thing. spills the salt as a as a as a little easter egg in there as you said to to show that he's breaking his end of it and that really, that was it's yeah. like, whoa, hold and, on a sec. That's pretty intense. And what's really cool is I didn't really, you know, I'm not a real artsy guy, but uh, I seen a video one time, you know, how, you know, you see those inspirational videos, you know, with preachers and stuff talking. Right. And I don't remember who this was, but I remember I seen it on Facebook, and it was something similar to this, showing like an Easter egg in a painting. And this preacher or evangelist, speaker, whatever, was telling this story. And he said there was a, a world champion chess player and went to this art museum and was in the group, and they were walking around showing all these paintings. Well, they made this one painting, and it was uh, the devil uh, playing uh, chess with an angel. And the devil's sitting across just smiling, looking all confident, you know, and the angel's kind of sitting there like leaning over with his hand on his head like he's stressed out, you know, he's right. defeated. 
and the person that was doing the tour was like, and this painting is by such and such, and it's called Checkmate. Um, here the angel has lost uh, with the devil, and, you know, it was painted, you know, such and such time, right. you know, whatever. She said, moving along, and she went to go walking, and, of course, the chess player just stopped, you know, was just staring at the painting, and he stood there for, you know, 10 minutes or so, and then they realized, you know, hey, we lost one. So they went back, and he was standing in front of that painting. And she said, sir, uh, keep moving along. You know, we need to keep moving. And he was like, you're going to have to change this painting or change the name of it. And she's like, well, what do you mean? He says, well, I'm a, I'm a world champion chess player. This is not a checkmate. And she's like, well, what, what do you mean? And he says, look closely. He said, the king still has one more move. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. God, the king right. has yeah. one more move. So it's like these artists, you know, put these little Easter eggs in there right. for somebody with. Who who has the wisdom to look at it and figure it and out. And see it. So the same thing with that Last Supper and the salt covenant. You know, salt and bread. She's pretty. She was awesome. Like yeah. I really enjoyed that. And um, you can Rebecca's find. Rebecca's about done with that book already. Really? Yeah. Well, you can find her stuff at, at uh, vickyjoyanderson.com. Um, I have the book. I bought it. I have not read it yet, I'll be honest. But then again, it's only been a few days. So I'm, I got like five other books I'm reading at the same time. And it's on top of that I one. I see how you keep them all together. Well, on top of that one God wrote, you know, you got to find time for that one too. So, uh, you know, it's it, it, there's so much good information. I love we were at that thing. It took things. Um, you know, it was a spiritual warfare conference. It was very um, intense. I mean, it was very things that were, you know, it's not things they talk about in church. This is something that, you know, I, I firmly believe. And some of those people there, I think, had been spurned by the church a few times um, because of, of because of their viewpoints and things of that nature. And I, I think that's sad because I I really believe that the church itself um, as a whole has one main mission. That's to make disciples, right? Number one thing is they should be bringing and saving people. You know, that, that's the whole point is, is teaching them Jesus salvation. However, after that, it's up to us, right? It's not a one and done thing. The whole point is that about this spiritual war that's going on is that we put on that armor of God, as was said about 50 times this weekend, and and we get out there on the front lines and we fight. We we are the ones that are on the on the front lines of this as we keep pushing forward and keep preaching the good word and keep trying to um, keep people's eyes on Jesus, keep people's eyes on 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 God's word and and push forward. And I think that's so important. I think we get we get um, trapped sometimes in in uh, and and uh, once again I have to preface this and say our church is amazing. I don't believe our church is that way at all, but there is a lot of churches, and I've been in a lot of churches that are that way, where, you know, it's it's Jesus loves me every day, every sermon, and he does. But after that, what's next? Like, what is right. the next step? There's no guidance. To, you I, have to I love keep how going. Derek Gilbert said, he said, you know, Jesus is not, uh, how did he word that? Um, Jesus uh, is not your... Uh, feel good I don't remember that one he said 
Jesus is not your uh, feel-good daily sermon. You know, talking about you know just you know the prosperity, right. you know, yeah. preaching and stuff like that. He said, he said, this is my firm belief. He said, if our you know forefathers, you know, and ancient you know church fathers and people of Jesus' time, he said, seen how you know like lazy and complacent that, that we are and taking all the supernatural and stuff out of the Bible. He said, they would grab us up by the collar. He said, they would slap us silly. <laughs> and I, I 100%. And I, after, on the guidance of uh, Tom Dunn, and that was one thing that he had said, he goes, you don't think this this stuff, you know, you don't think this stuff uh, should happen or you don't think the church should be involved in this? Read Acts. And that's what I've read this week because I've been going yeah. through Acts and I've been taking a lot of notes because – my gosh, those guys, and, and there were some really interesting things in there that I've never quite known. Uh, that I, well, I shouldn't say known, but it really haven't really seen. But it it talks about. I always thought that the Holy Spirit is someone who would just kind of you know lead you, you know, not really. But it blatantly says in Acts multiple times, the Holy Spirit told him this. The Holy Spirit talked to people, and on top of that, there was a there was a a, a wizard or sorcerer. They said named Simon, right, in Acts that actually ended up being converted um even though he was able to do all this you know some of the supernatural things probably calling on obviously some of these fallen angels um but it says that this this uh wizard saw that they were full of the holy spirit now he saw they were full of it he didn't just say like oh yo they you know they're oh they're nice people no yeah. You can when someone's full of the Holy Spirit, it's a yeah. visible thing. It There's is. something there. And man, I want that. Man, I think we all should want that. And it shows it right there in Acts. They're full of the Holy Spirit. They could see it. The Holy Spirit spoke to them. And it's just something that we just need to keep pushing into and, and just keep learning because man. And actually, even that Simon guy, he got um I think it was Peter Peter uh kind of came at him after because that Simon said whatever it costs I will buy that power give yeah, me that power it, yeah. and, yeah, and, and like Peter's like yeah. he, I mean he spurned him and said no that, that, that's not how this works but uh, man it just it blows me away the way that you can visibly see the Holy Spirit and I, I like to think you know I you know you never know how somebody else sees you but I'd like to think that when somebody sees me they see somebody who who follows God somebody who um you know has a desire to to follow what God's telling them to do I hope that people see that in me and 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 if not I have a whole lot of work to do and if they do I still have a whole lot of work to do but the whole point is we keep pushing forward which my only regret uh and it's kind of like a 50 50 thing up our last speaker of the night was David Hevner uh we skipped out on that one uh and guilty as charged uh we took our dinner break and uh went to a place to eat you know again and the tennessee game was like in the final quarter and if anybody you know watched that game knew what a nail biter that was so it's like uh we're gonna stay and see this to the end oh yeah especially as close as it was oh yeah i mean i i looked over at keisha and i was like Alabama just lost, you know, missed their field goal. I said, what's the chances of us missing ours, too? I was like, and then when it kind of did that little wobble. That knuckleball. Yeah, I was like, 
Oh. <laughs> but what's crazy, Barely. too, is like, I know for a fact, you know, when they finally got, you know, in range and there was two seconds left. Yeah. Oh, man, my hands folded. I was like, oh, God, please. I'm sure that Give David all over one. And that's what I'm getting at. It's like, yeah. you know, Tennessee's, you know, in the Bible Belt. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> and I was sitting there and I was like, Please God, give give David one Goliath, you know. Give the little guy one. Come on, God, please. You yeah. Know? And uh, ended up winning. You know, and like I said, I know I wasn't the only one. You oh, know, no. I mean, I'd yeah. say every Tennessee fan that was oh, yeah. <laughs> was praying was praying at the same time. <laughs> and I, th- I swear, I think divine intervention happened. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. You shake and God, smile. I'm, I don't think God cares who wins the football I, game. No, he don't. But <laughs> the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And where two or more gathered in my name, I will be there. That's what Scripture tells us. Okay, here's what I'm getting at. The next day, it was in the news. The earth shook. Look it up. There was seismic activity at the exact time when Alabama missed their field goal and when we made the field goal. Hmm. Coincidence? Maybe. I think that this is because it's such a big stadium. Everybody's <laughs> jumping up and down. I think that's probably yeah, what caused it. It was the yelling. Hey, don't you de-supernaturalize. <laughs> the, the yelling. Oh, I'm My sorry. God. I'm going to de-supernaturalize de- uh, the football game, yes. <laughs> We'll pray for him. The, the hey, Ben, sound. we'll pray for him. Okay. Well, we'll always pray for him. God God intervened for the it's, little guy. It, it was that sound, you know, moving stuff with sounds, what it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the word was yeah. God. Boom. Yeah. Go Big Orange. All day, every day. You guys keep digging. And go Big Orange. Go Big We thank you for listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. Questions, comments, or future episode ideas, we'd love to hear from you at thedig423 at gmail.com. If you enjoy our content, don't forget to share, subscribe, and check out our Facebook group at the Dig Podcast. Remember, you can't lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. You gotta dig.